Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Today is January 2nd, 2023. Welcome to the new year, everybody. A uh, machete attacker jihadi was in Times Square. They shot him. I was actually there. We heard the gunshot. Really crazy stuff. But we're going to start off our story with Elon Musk teasing the Fauci files and the government ordering Biden to turn over communications. Then, of course, we have the machete attacker story. And our last story, Andrew Tate was arrested and the media pushed insane lies. If you like the show, give us a good review, leave us five stars and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. I hope you're ready to kick off 2023 with a big bang. Elon Musk teases the Fauci files will be released this week on Twitter saying it's going to be 2023. It ain't going to be boring. At the same time we're hearing about this, we have another story from the conservative brief. Judge orders Biden administration to hand over communications with tech companies. Oh, boy. Seems like we're going to learn a lot about constitutional violations, violations of the general principle of freedom of speech, and possibly expose more malfeasance. Now, my friends, many of you may be saying, as we work through all of these major breaking stories, to what end? It's a good question. A lot of really important things have been happening, but it seems like there's no law enforcement action. And many people are asking, when we see all of this collusion between the government and big tech violating the Constitution, where is the action? It's nowhere. When we see Antifa going around smashing up windows, where is the action? It's nowhere. Recently in Georgia, We saw five, I think it was five uh, Antifa people, whatever you're going to call them, charged with domestic terror. So I think the tides, they are a turning. The important thing to understand as it pertains to the Fauci files and the big tech leak, a judge ruled against Biden. We are going to see something. But here's here's what you have to understand. The problem of 50 years will not be overturned in a single day. Before we took off for our Christmas New Year's break, we were on stage at Turning Point USA. And I'm hanging out. We got Luke Rikowski and Crossan. We got James Lindsay. We got Charlie Kirk. We got Steve Bannon. And Bannon said, and it's an important one, in the span of only a couple of years, I think it was Bannon, in the span of only a couple of years, we have exposed so much of this system, which brings me to talk a big tech. Fauci files, the stories about blood clots and what that all means. 
Many people in the audience expressed that they did not get the vaccine. I think it's all interesting. And we'll get into this stuff because the Fauci files, there's a lot to do with what's going on with fact checkers and the science. That's Fauci, right? And I find it all to be particularly interesting that so many people have broken through the veil and are no longer following the establishment corporate narrative. Here's what you need to understand about what we're witnessing. I will start with a major white pill for all of you for 2023. Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter and the release of this information is shattering the machine in a way we've not seen in a hundred years or, or longer. With the start of the big corporate press going back, what, 100 and some, 130, 140 years, maybe? The emergence of these newspapers as an institution of control and manipulation. People lived under the boot of the narrative. Journalists wouldn't report things that were too offensive to the government and the machine, and thus it solidified. Doesn't mean. And it says journalism then, and it shows a guy standing in front of a crowd yelling at a mandipodium. podium. It says journalism now. The man in front of the crowd is standing with the politician, the man at the podium, and yelling at the crowd. Because of the internet, we've shattered our way through. Because of Elon Musk's move and the release of so many of these documents, we can now see the collusion is right before our eyes. That's thanks to Elon for all his faults, all his goofy tweets and all his weird I don't know, the weird things he, he says and believes and does and, and the offensive things. I mean, Neuralink, operating factories in China. A lot of people are offended by those things. We get some good out of all of it. What's to come with the Fauci files? I don't know. But one big story right now that I want to highlight as we talk about the science, the story of blood clots. And I think a lot of people get some things wrong, but I'm just going to approach this from a very surface level place. What is the mainstream media saying about blood clots? and vaccines. I can tell you one thing. They're contradicting themselves. So I will assert nothing other than ask your doctor about the basic science. If they can can answer these questions for you and you trust them, that's a good doctor. Talk to them about your medical decisions. Be careful of people like Fauci, who's not been practicing. Be careful, careful of people in the media like Rachel Maddow. Be careful of YouTube. uh, Be careful of YouTube. And their rules, which don't seem to fall in line with actual science. But let's read. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to help support our work directly. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive members-only segments of the TimCast IRL podcast. And uh, I guess I'll just come out and announce it because you guys should get ready for tonight's show. Because uh, Chaya Rychik just tweeted about it. But uh, yeah, we're having libs of TikTok on TimCast IRL tonight. Shout out, Chaya. Very excited to have you. And uh, Chaya tweeted, tonight's going to be epic in response to a tweet about being on the show. So we get it. Normally, we don't announce guests or anything like that um, because sometimes they cancel and they can't make it. We don't want to hype anybody up. But, uh, you know, Chaya says, get ready. I think it'll be really interesting considering the start of the new year, starting off with a bang. And we will have that members only uncensored show at TimCast.com. But don't just become a member for that. Become a member to support us directly. I guess that's it. Look, we had Times Square billboards up, okay? And some people have criticized and said, who cares? You got a Times Square bill. We had five. Because during the New Year's Eve celebration, when the camera's panning Times Square, we didn't get the best ones in the house, but we got some good ones. We got the North Tower. It was a a good one. Big old Ian Crossland. Big old Timcast. Regular people will see these on Google Maps. It's there now. You go on Google Maps, Times Square, boom, Timcast. And why is that important? We're anti-establishment. 
We are not the staunchest of anti-establishment conspiracy theorists or anything like that, but we are certainly holding the door open. So when a regular person sees Timcast and they watch a show like this, they are going to get the facts. We're not always right about everything, but we're certainly going to call out the lies and hold the door open for you, your friends or whoever, whoever else to come and see the real world. I'll put it this way. I think it was uh, Andrew Breitbart said something to the effect of, you know, walk towards the fire. You'll find freedom on the other side, something like that. And I think about this analogy of, of what we're doing and the work we're doing with Elon Musk and the Fauci files releasing these emails, holding the door open. There is a wall of flame the average person is scared of. It's, it's hot. It's going to burn you. Don't go towards it. The fire rages and crackles. But there are some people standing by yelling, everybody, just jump through, just jump through. Some of us have created a small barrier and said, quick, 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 run through, run through. On the other side, there's a lot of crazy ideas, some right, some wrong. That's the mission, to hold that door open, to allow people to break through the veil. With your support at TimCast.com, we're going to do it. Let's read this story. Fox Business says Elon Musk teases the Fauci files. Elon Musk on Sunday teased that this week's Twitter files report would focus on the now former director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, Anthony Fauci in what could be known as the Fauci files, in what could be known. People are already calling it that. Calm down. Musk turned to Twitter to tell users, hope you're having a great day, uh, great day one, 2023. One thing's for sure. It won't be boring. On day one? Okay, well, what's going on? Later this week, after someone said waiting for the Fauci files, in what is now called the Twitter files, journalists tapped by Musk address various controversies, including internal discussions at Twitter regarding the censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop story, et cetera, et cetera. We're now going to be learning quite a bit about Fauci. Later this week, at some point, internal communications from Twitter with or about Fauci will be released. This, I think, is going to be big. People are obviously very, very excited for this. We can see Robert Malone. OK, that, that just got erased by Twitter. There you go. But uh, he was saying prepare for the, the Fauci files. A lot of people who are big critics of Fauci are all uh, uh, cheering for this. Colin Rugg tweets, Musk, almost no one seems to realize the head of bioethics at NIH, the person who is supposed to make sure that Fauci behaves ethically is his wife. Very interesting. Very interesting. He says the Fauci files are going to be fire. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there's more coming here. From the conservative brief, judge orders Biden administration to hand over communications with tech companies. Oh, boy. Here's what we learned. The federal government was doing this wink, wink, nudge, nudge with Twitter saying, hey, you know, this guy's talking about stuff that uh, violates your policies. Why haven't you banned them? And then, of course, Twitter would come out and be like, you're right. We will ban them. Now, all the pieces are coming together. Alex Berenson, a journalist critical of the covid vaccines, he gets told you will have a certain amount of strikes before we ban you. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process and life changing results, which you can see for yourself online. 
That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. He says, okay. He then gets banned anyway. Why? Someone, I think it was the Biden man, someone in the government, reached out to Twitter and said, why is he not banned? And then he was, despite the fact he didn't, even, he didn't break any rules. He was supposed to get a certain number of strikes. So he sues, he wins, gets his account back. I'll tell you what happened. The government can claim all day and night that they're just the federal government, the Biden administration. They can claim, we just made a suggestion. But Twitter knows exactly what it means. When the government comes to you and says, hey, why aren't you banning this person? I want you to imagine it this way. Let's say a guy walks up to you on the street. And he's got a big gun. And he says, uh, hey, uh, you know, you got any money on you by chance? He points the gun at you. You know, not like menacingly, but he just kind of like, you know, holding it in your direction and says, why don't, why don't, you, why don't you give me that money? You know, I, 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 you, could give, you could give it to me, right? A guy comes up to you holding a knife. Same story. Come on. No one's going to argue that wasn't a mugging. There's a trick that, that these muggers have tried doing recently, and it, and it works sometimes depending on how they do it. It's a fine line between mugging and begging. Now, begging's legal. Mugging, not so much. So these people realized they walk up to you and say, they'll say something like, I'm just trying to do the right thing. So why don't you give me money? Can I have your money? So that way I do the right thing. People get, give, it, give it over. They'll, they'll, they'll put something in their hand. They'll hold something. They'll look aggressive and they'll say, hey, can I have some money from your wallet right now? And people get scared and they hand it over. Then they go to the cops. And the cops say, what happened? And the guy says, I, I asked him if I could have some money. I said, hey, man, could I have some money? He said, yeah. How is that a mugging? Because of the implication. When Twitter has the FBI come to them, there's the implication. But worse still. When former FBI agents work at Twitter, they don't need the implication because then it's just one big club. Now, in that instance, it's like a bank robber coming in and saying, would you be a deer? And would it be OK if you guys gave me a thousand dollars right now just from your drawer? Is that OK? Yeah, they're going to be like, no, get out. What are you going to do? Make a threat? What if your buddy gets a job at the bank? Then you go in. Then you go, oh, geez, here's the money. It's called being an accomplice. The government's not supposed to be able to do this. Here's what we're learning now. Check this one out. Big stuff is coming. <clears throat> Conservative brief reports. A federal judge ordered the Biden administration to hand over communication documents between the federal government and big tech companies. U.S. District Court Judge Terry Doty of the Western District of Louisiana granted the order of discovery sought by Republican Attorneys General Eric Schmidt of Missouri and Jeff Landry of Louisiana. President Joe Biden, members of his, of his administration, 
and select social media companies must turn over documents and answer questions within the next 30 days during a discovery phase of a lawsuit alleging collusion to suppress freedom of speech, a court ruled. The attorneys general of Louisiana and Missouri filed a lawsuit in May alleging Biden and eight high ranking members of his of his administration and the government colluded with and or coerced social media companies, Meta, Twitter and YouTube to suppress disfavored speakers, viewpoints and content on social media platforms. Terry Doty, a judge in the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Louisiana, ruled there is good cause for the discovery process and set a timetable, including specific deadlines for depositions. Considering this information is now available, considering the judge's ruling, I would make any I would make a recommendation to anybody who has been censored by YouTube, Twitter, Facebook or otherwise the big tech companies, Amazon. Start sending out those feelers, start talking to lawyers right now. The more information comes out, the worse it gets. It's a damn breaking. We know I can I guarantee you, you think it was just Twitter? Get out. YouTube, of course. Now, YouTube's changed its rules. It's very, very funny. Change their rules on what you're allowed to say about masks and vaccines. That's strange. Here's one of the challenges. A lot of the claims that were put out by the government had absolutely no scientific basis. That's reality. Now, look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to have always been some, you know, staunch critic of the vaccines or anything like that. That ain't me. Never been me. Criticize me all you want. Anybody across the board. The media, they call me anti-vax. Never been. It's the weirdest thing. They, they, that, what is it? Daily Beast ran something saying the new poster boy of ivermectin. Ah, clever headline considering I said outright I didn't want it and didn't think it did anything. I went on Joe Rogan's show and said, I'm not convinced it actually does anything. And Joe said it was a protease inhibitor. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to sit here and just agree with Joe Rogan on ivermectin. It's not going to happen. I, 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 you got to talk to somebody who knows better. Uh, there are good doctors and there are bad doctors, just like there are good carpenters and bad carpenters and good, good plumbers and bad plumbers. So don't come to me. I don't know. What I can say is right now, the media, they're losing it. There's been a lot going on. Let me pull up this story from December 30th. Let's talk about Pfizer and the vaccines from USA Today. Fact check. Post falsely claims that Pfizer said vaccines cause blood clots. This is a clever trick done by news organizations to twist a claim into being false. So the example that I'll give, uh, Donald Trump will go to an ice cream shop and he'll say, I'd like two scoops of chocolate ice cream, please. It's the best. Everyone agrees. And they'll give him two scoops. And then the media will say, did Donald Trump order two large scoops of chocolate ice cream on Sunday? On Sunday. That's the thing they add to amplify the claim into falsehood. Because the reality is Trump did order the ice cream, but it was Saturday night. Oh, geez. Saturday night? Hmm. Yeah, it was Saturday at 11.55. Not on Sunday. You see the game. Post falsely claims that FDA said Pfizer vaccines cause blood clots. Okay, let's read. They say the FDA limited the use of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine in May due to a risk of thrombosis and thrombocytopenia, a condition that causes blood clots to form. 
Some social media users are falsely claiming the agency recommended uh, recently announced the Pfizer vaccine carries the blood clot risk too. quote. So the FDA finally came out and said that Pfizer's COVID shot causes blood clots, reads a, a tweet from the Hodge twins, a conservative political commentary duo. Only two years too late. Only two years late, they said. Elon Musk tweeted a reply. Much will come to light as Fauci loses power. You see how it all comes together. They're going to say the claim is baseless. The assertion stems from a recently published study led by FDA researchers and other medical professionals that found a statistical signal between pulmonary embolism, blood clots in the lungs, and the Pfizer vaccine. But this signal does not prove the Pfizer vaccine causes blood clots, medical experts told USA Today. Fair point, but this does not does not break down accurately what's going on. Now, the Hodge twins say the FDA, what's the, what's the exact quote? The FDA finally came out and said that their COVID shot causes blood clots. All right, let's pull up the direct link. I'm not sure if there's a source in here. We got a source in here. Uh, there's the Elon Musk. And uh, there's nothing in this tweet. Just 37,000 retweets. Readers added context. They say a recent published literature review on vaccines and blood clots did not find strong evidence to support this claim. However, it did find that occurrence of blood clots in COVID-19 is up to 10 times more common than from the vaccine's injection. You see where we're going? All right, let me break it down for you. I am not going to come out here and claim that vaccines blood cause blood clots because I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I can immediately point out some absurdities. How about this one? Occurrence of blood clots in COVID-19 is 10 times more common than from the vaccine's injection. Hey, hey, wait, hey, wait a minute. That implies relativity. That implies blood clots from COVID from, from vaccine injections, period. Now, hold on there a minute. You see how they phrase this? I find that to be poorly, poorly stated. It found that occurrence of blood clots in COVID-19, that's the illness, is 10 times more common than from the vaccines. Okay, hold on there a minute. I'm going to say it again. You see, it's what they're not saying. I mean, they're, they're indirectly saying, now this post, it's, it's, I could be wrong, that you're more likely to get blood clots from COVID than you are from the vaccine injection. But that implies that vaccine injection carries a risk of blood clots. Okay. Is that true? Ah, that's what they're sort of saying. And that's what I mean. The devil's in the details, right? They're going to say there's no proof. They do claim there is a signal. All right. A signal. What is, what is a signal? What is a signal? They say the claim is baseless. A statistical signal may mean there is a correlation, but they need more research. They say the Pfizer vaccine doesn't cause blood clots, and the December 1st study does not prove otherwise. The study monitored 14 adverse events following COVID-19 vaccinations given to over 30 million people. Wow. Uses data from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, et cetera, et cetera. They detected a statistical signal between pulmonary embolism and the Pfizer vaccine. But the signal merely shows an association with the vaccine, not any sort of causation. William Petrie, a professor of internal medicine and pathology at the University of Virginia, told USA Today in an email. You see, here's what I don't like. What I don't like is that when the outcome is something they don't like, they say it's not, it's correlation, correlation is not causation. But when it's something they do like, then it is, right? You take a look at the rise of CO2 and global warming, and immediately then to the narrative machine, it is correlation means causation. So the fact that CO2 is rising 
and temperatures are rising literally means to these people that CO2 is causing the temperature to rise. Okay, you know, fine. If you want to believe that correlation is causation, then if you see people who are vaccinated have a certain level of blood clots showing a statistical signal, but it doesn't mean it was caused by the vaccine. Okay, no fair point. It could be that those who get vaccinated are more likely to live in dense urban populations where they're more likely to contract COVID and COVID is more likely to cause blood clots. I think that's a fair point. I really, I really, really do. I'm not saying I know. I'm not saying, you know, you know, I often tell people, look, man, we saw videos of people before the vaccine was out collapsing in the streets in China. That was you think you think that was all fake? I don't think so. I don't think China went around staging propo videos because it made China look really bad. And it filled other conspiracy theories. No, I think what we've learned is that COVID attacks the respiratory system. People go on ventilators, people pass out, and it causes blood clots. And it's a fair point. I do. But I also think that if you're going to come out and say that people who are unvaccinated are more likely to get in car accidents, then maybe you should entertain the possibility that injecting someone with something can cause a blood clot. The funny thing about the car accidents article you probably saw, it's like, People who live in cities are more likely to get vaccinated and people who live in cities are more likely to get in cars and then more likely to get in accidents as compared to people who live in the middle of nowhere. You see how this works? Correlation is not causation. Fair point. But let me show you some stuff. Here we go. This is from Yale Medicine. The link between J&J's COVID vaccine and blood clots, what you need to know, May 6th. So we know this. Johnson & Johnson, okay? Johnson & Johnson vaccine, they say, concern has grown over a small but growing number of cases of a rare but serious blood clotting disorder associated with J&J coronavirus vaccine. Well, all right. Here's another one. COVID vaccines and blood clots, what researchers know so far. Scientists are trying to understand why a small number of people develop a mysterious clotting disorder after receiving a COVID jab. 24 August 2021. Now, come on, man. With headlines like that from nature.com, NewsGuard certified 100 out of 100. I believe they're talking about AstraZeneca is very important to point out. Let's see. Let's let's make sure they're talking about Oxford AstraZeneca. We don't have that one here. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. fine. All right. All right. You want to make the argument that the Pfizer vaccine doesn't cause this, but we've got two other vaccines that have reported on causing it. I'm just saying, talk to your doctor. Rogue antibody and mysterious pathogen behind AstraZeneca blood clots, a study. Sure. Here's another. That's from uh, uh, smh.com.au. Here's one from novenhealth.org. I'm not sure what this is. Vaccines and blood clots. COVID clots are a greater concern. Vaccines are your best defense against COVID. This is what they were saying before. They were saying that blood clots are a side effect, but COVID is more likely to cause them. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. It really does. If the vaccines tend to produce, they make your body produce spike protein, and then somehow you can trigger blood clots, stands to reason the COVID virus covered in spike proteins probably does more so. Y'all have seen died suddenly. And uh, many of you probably have. And I said the same thing, man. They're like, you know, it opens with this guy saying, you start seeing these blood clots and all, all you never see them before. And then you find out they're vaccinated. And I'm like, That doesn't prove the vaccine caused anything. If you want to surmise that to be the case, I will not argue with you. I don't know, but I will just speak logically. If COVID is flying around all crazy, it stands to reason that we're just now starting to see these blood clots because of COVID. Now, some people have said, yeah, 
But we didn't start seeing this strange clotting disorder until after the vaccines came out. That still doesn't mean much. It's an indicator. And again, if you want to assume it's the vaccines, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to argue with you. You're allowed to believe whatever you want to believe. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout fastgrowingtrees.com code pool offer is valid for a limited time terms and conditions may apply but i will tell you early on in in the early days of covid there was a fear we reported on that there could be a second stage of the of the virus it's possible that COVID does cause this rare blotting dis- uh, clotting disorder, but that it takes a long time to manifest in death. In the, in the documentary Died Suddenly, they're pulling out these really long, strange, fibrous clots. Now, a lot of people think it's the vaccine causing it. Again, I'm not saying yes or no. That's not for me to decide. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. I've seen the documentary. It's crazy stuff. It's freaky. And maybe. Don't know. Not a doctor. Talk to a doctor. But I think it's entirely possible and, and we should consider th- this could be there are people who get COVID. The COVID stays in their system. And maybe this is a, is, an, is, a, is a side effect, is an element of the COVID disease. There are some people that think COVID was manufactured in a lab as part of gain-of-function research. John Stewart, apparently, I think it's a fine hypothesis. I mean, come on. The vaccine emerges a block away from the actual Wuhan Institute of Virology, where they're doing bat coronavirus research. Let me tell you, my friends. Choose your conspiracy, because I can tell you this. Here's a couple possible scenarios. One, the COVID vaccine is a weapon that people people claim and that Bill Gates is trying to lower the population with it or whatever, just like the TV show Euphoria. Maybe I kind of don't think so. I think it's possible that Fauci was funding gain of function research. Trump actually lifted the ban on it. They were doing it in China. Dr. Fauci gave EcoHealth Alliance, Peter Daszak funds. They then use that funds to fund research here. Here's the other conspiracy. COVID was made in a lab. It was intended to create a powerful virus. That's what gain of function is. Now it either escaped or was leaked, whatever you want to believe. But when I see people getting these big clots pulled out of them, I'm like, yo, maybe that was the point of the bioweapon, right? If you think this was a bioweapon, I'm not saying it was, I don't know. Then why would you be surprised to see people dying with crazy clotting? There are probably a lot of people that are living with these crazy clots, these big white fibrous clots, but not enough that it's killing them. And they don't know they have it. Then they die of a heart attack suddenly, and then they find it. If they do, what if the real story is that they were funding this CD gain-of-function research, COVID leaks, panic ensues. They know this thing is 
gain of function research deadly, whether it was a weapon or not. So they frantically tried to make a vaccine at the last minute using the only thing they think that will work, mRNA. Maybe that's it. Maybe the reality is it didn't leak from a lab. It came from the bats. Someone was illegally transporting something. Who knows? And uh, these blood clots are just a strange phenomenon. I have no idea. You decide for yourself. But I will tell you, there have been a ton of articles about blood clotting from, from the vaccines. Uh, here's one from uh, SciTech Daily, NewsGuard certified. I don't, I don't, I don't use these fly-by-night uh, outlets. Researchers shed light on blood clotting after COVID-19 vaccination. December 5th, 2022. The findings reveal a slight increase in risk after adenovirus vaccines, which should be taken into account when organizing immunization campaigns and planning future vaccine development. To be clear, they are saying this is not the mRNA vaccine. This is AstraZeneca and I believe J&J. Adenovirus vaccines, I believe, are the more uh, traditional vaccines. And, and uh, the question early was, it was about a signal between not thrombocytopenia and thrombosis, but pulmonary embolisms. It's similar, but one's in the lungs. Again, I'm interested to see, interested to see what these communications reveal. The Fauci files. The Fauci files. Oh, you got to love our friends over at Enough Musk Spam. I think this one's interesting. Over on Reddit, there is a subreddit in the top 1% of all subreddits. These are like forums. With 101,000 members, all they do is hate Elon Musk. Here's one. Yes, Elon and some rando journalists, both of whom have no medical training, will end Fauci's career. And they, they, he, he wrote Fauquies, because that's what Matt Wall said. Elon Musk just announced he is going to end Anthony Fauci's career a second time in one month by releasing the Fauci files this week. I love it. The top comment, he's retired. He's one of the most cited infectious disease researchers in the world. His legacy is fine. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. We'll see how it plays out. Seriously. Legacy is all about who writes the history books. And right now, this country is bifurcated. California is announcing they're not going to be enforcing laws that if someone performs genital mutilation on a child, it's fine. They won't extradite. How can a country exist when there are no laws? Is that a country then? What is it? If someone kidnaps your kid, brings him to California, and then they transition that child, they won't return the kid? That's weird. But this is where we're at with everything bifurcating. So Fauci's legacy. I want you to think about all these journalists and everything they write all day, every day about Elon Musk, the lies about Andrew Tate, for instance. Again, not here to defend either Elon Musk or Andrew Tate. I think there's a lot to criticize him over. I'm just saying the media has lied a lot about him. Now that we can see through the lies, thanks in part to Elon Musk, you think Fauci's legacy is going to be fine? Hmm. I'll tell you, I don't. I don't. Man, they're really panicking over Twitter. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I find fascinating. Twitter is able to operate to the tune of a billion dollar, billions of dollars or whatever in revenue. Elon Musk buys it, and then all of a sudden, they can't afford to pay any staff. They're being sued over not paying rent. And I'm like, where'd the money go? Was it seriously just all advertisers? I don't believe it. I'm seeing more ads than ever. I have to wonder about what was really funding Twitter, the narrative machine. 
Why is it that I'm able to do a live stream on YouTube? That makes no sense. No, seriously. Have you ever paid for a live stream? We over at TimCast.com have to pay our bandwidth costs. When you become a member, okay, you're not just giving us money for nothing. We have to upload content. And when you watch that video, we have to pay for that. We have to pay every time you watch a video. We found a sweet spot with the amount of members, and the amount of content we produce. Ten bucks a month. I take a look at, I think, Luke over at We Are Change. He does like 15. The Daily Wire does 13. And I'm like, man, we might have to uh, increase at some point. But for now, we're doing all right. The amount of video we, pr- we, we put up and the amount that you guys watch, we're doing very well. So it works out. But here's the thing. On YouTube, when we live stream every night to 50,000 people, we're uploading at 7 megabits per second. 7 megabits times 50,000 is what's going out. Yeah, we would never be able to afford that for that live show. So YouTube's not making any money off that. Where's that money coming from? We can call it subsidy from Google's other businesses. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I find it all to be very weird. I always have. Where does that money come from and why? And why is Twitter now not getting enough? Hmm. Maybe the platforms were nationalized a long time ago. Maybe not. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Come check it out. Libs of TikTok will be hanging out with us. Chaya Raichik, very, very excited. This is going to be an epic show to kick off the new year. Excited to have you, Chaya. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all then. A couple nights ago was New Year's Eve. I hope all of you had a great celebration. Welcome to 2023. I was in Times Square and uh, we were celebrating, of course, the new year, but we also purchased these large billboards, which uh, I'll pull up for you right here. Actually, You can see we've got uh, it's, it's a similar run to what we did earlier in the year, but this time we added the big one way up top. It was really cool. Uh, the funny thing is the, the one billboard that was shown on TV, I think the most was Ian. Because the way they had the cameras set up, the pan and everything, you could see it sweeping down the block with Ian right here on the right side. You could see some of the Timcast logos. But the camera never showed the top of the North Tower because they were filming from the top of the North Tower or somewhere around there. Uh, So we were there. And I filmed this uh, video. Thanks to everybody for the uh, warm wishes and and things like that. While we were there, there was uh, uh, some point in the night we were at the Hard Rock Cafe. There was a party there. And so you, you're in a building. You're not crammed in the Times Square. Uh, sent, let, let, me, let me slow down. For the average person who buys a ticket to Times Square, they lock you in a pen for hours. You can't leave. You can't go to the bathroom. You just got to stand there until, until the ball drops. It's, it's the, like you can't come back in. It's the craziest thing. But we were in this private party area. And you're allowed to sort of walk outside. Now, the cops were yelling at us when we did. But uh, we actually got to walk around the fire lane perimeter before everything got started. It was it was pretty cool. And then during the event, I heard a strange noise and it's it sounded like a lightning strike or something. And, you know, uh, rain was coming. So we were kind of like, what what was that? What was that strange noise? As it turns out, it was a jihadi attack on the NYPD, a machete wielding attacker struck a, a cop in the head with the machete. 
slicing. I think uh, I heard uh, another cop and then maybe a bystander. And then he got shot in the shoulder. This is the big news to kick off the new year. I mean, this happened just before the new year. And it's kind of weird. It's like, hey, it's like a throwback. It's like we haven't had a lot of stories about jihadi attacks for a little while. It's kind of crazy to think that this is still happening. But it is. Now, this segment isn't going to be entirely about this attack, but I thought this was uh, it's a a big story. But there are a whole bunch of stories that I've been looking at that bring us into the new year, particularly how new laws are going into effect, what this means and whether or not we're going to have a more violent 2023 than 2022 or I don't know, will things calm down? So there's a handful of stories I want to go through as we enter this new year and then kick things off. So there I was standing in Times Square celebrating. We hear this loud bang of some sort. It's crazy. It was crazy because we were on the south end. We were right at the south tower and we heard this noise. It echoes. I mean, there's buildings everywhere. They shot the guy and uh, we had no idea what it was. I saw Matt Bender. He's, he's a lefty progressive guy we had on the show before. And he said that he was near there, posted some photos. And then I asked him what happened. Sure enough, we heard this. It's a scary thought. Because we got to take security very, very seriously with everything that's been going on. And, uh, you know, throughout the holidays, we're traveling a lot and uh, talking to family members. And the, the concerns are real that the dramatic escalation is coming. And so, yeah, yeah, we've got some dramatic escalation. I don't know if this jihadi stuff is it, but let me read you the story. And then we'll talk a little bit about what's happening this year, because we've got a bunch of new laws kicking into effect. And one big story, which I think is going to play a role uh, in terms of potential uh, violence, I'm not saying this guy this, this guy is going to do it, but there's a man in Texas whose son was taken from him by his wife who wants to medically transition his son, brings the kid to California. He's, he files with the, with the court saying, like, don't let her do that because California is passing a law that will uh, it's like a sanctuary genital mutilation state. And the Texas Supreme Court said, too bad. So they're basically just saying, OK, now my question is, as we enter this new year with a with a with a quite literally a bang, violent extremism, where do we go? I don't think jihadi militant extremism is is the way we're going to go. Uh, honestly, I, I, I don't know what this is or why this happened. Crazy people do crazy things. But this is this is not the most prominent kind of uh, um, political turmoil that we're seeing. When I look at these other stories. And again, I'm not saying this kid's dad is going to do anything. I'm saying, man, I, I talked about two big things last year, abortion and child uh, mutilation, medical mutilation and, 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 and surgical. And uh, well, here's the point I made. Texas and California, Texas and Colorado. These are the examples that I gave. Texas passes laws. You can't get an abortion. You can't give a kid a sex change. What happens when someone takes that kid out of state, what, what, then what? So in the instance of abortion, what I was saying was, let's say there's a guy and a woman and they hook up, they're in a relationship, woman gets pregnant. Woman decides, you know what? I don't want to do this. I don't want to have a kid with this guy. So she says, well, I can't get an abortion in Texas. So she goes to Colorado where there's no limits. This man living in Texas, what is he going to do? Is he going to be like, well, she just took my unborn. Let's say, let's say the kid is eight months. Woman's eight months pregnant. That kid can't is viable and can be delivered, can be C-section, whatever. She's going to terminate it. 
Is this guy just going to be like, well, you know, the baby didn't cross the threshold yet. So I guess it dies. The two scenarios, a woman gives birth at eight months, premature, rushes the baby to Colorado. Another woman is about to give birth, rushes the baby to Colorado or, you know, about to give birth like it's expected, not like she's actually in labor or anything. And so now you have babies that are gestating at the exact same amount of time, have been alive for the exact same amount of time. This guy in Texas, what's he going to do? So, oh, oh no, the police aren't going to do anything. The other scenario is child transition. A father is told that his son will have his testicles removed and be chemically castrated or, or be chemically castrated. And then what does he do? What does Texas do? I believe that Texas will likely sit back and say, we're not getting involved. The person left. But there's a question of, well, hold on. If someone kidnaps a kid from Texas, is Texas going to do anything about it? Well, technically, I guess the answer is no. They won't leave their own jurisdiction. Let's say you kidnap a kid and go to California. California is going to be like, well, kidnapping is illegal, so they'll help. But what happens if California says, no, you kidnap the kid and you're going to mutilate him. That's fine. Then what happens? This is my question about 2023 when we see these stories. Let's talk about what happened in Times Square real quick. NYC machete attacker expressed militant support for Islam may have expected to die. The suspect hospitalized after NYPD officer opened fire in defense expressed uh, after an NYPD officer opened fire in self-defense expressed pro jihadist views overnight and possessed terrorist propaganda. The latest news, I guess they uh, this is the wrong story here. Uh, wait, 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 what? <clears throat> OK, here we go. FBI raid main home of all American jihadi Times Square terrorist 19 arrested with chilling manifesto, loved the NFL and dreamed of being a soldier before converting to Islam after dad's death. Trevor Bickford, 19 of Maine, is accused of slashing two NYPD cops on Saturday. The alleged Islamic extremist is believed to become radicalized in recent recent years. Bickford appeared to have been a typical teen in Wells, Maine, who made the honor roll, won awards for his artwork, played football and marched with color guard. It's believed he, be he became a radicalized Muslim after his father died of an overdose. Bickford allegedly took an Amtrak to New York City, slashed two cops with a machete. Another cop shot him, who now remains hospitalized. Charges are pending. Now, why this? His dad died of an overdose. Opioids, I'm assuming, obviously. Like, what else do you overdose on, I guess? So what's happening? Why is, why is he converting to Islam in the wake of something like this? I mean, the opioid crisis is getting a lot of people on Trump's side or got a lot of people on Trump's side because he was talking very much about the opioid crisis. Why Islam? I'm not so sure that it matters what his reason was, to be completely honest. I think it matters that we pay attention to this stuff and we pay attention to extremism in general. I don't care what, what the political or religious element is. People should not be doing things like this. But I think the, the more important issue is people are going crazy. That's it. There's a, there's a um, viral video out of, a, I think it's a Waffle House. People are screaming and fighting. And there's this woman working, this small blonde woman. A black woman throws a chair and the white woman catches it and then like deflects it. <clears throat> They've been fighting the whole time. And someone asked on Twitter, why are we seeing so much of this happen? And the simple response is because people have cell phones. That's it. But I'm not so sure, to be completely honest. Seriously, I'm not so sure. I've seen a handful of fights break out in my life, but more of them have been happening in the past few years. I've, I've been at protests. I've been at riots 
the most extreme and egregious riots have been in the past few years. I was uh, I was in Chicago over the holidays. We went to Dundee, Illinois. And this is something that really was really crazy to me. Went to a bar and they had slot machines at a bar in Illinois. Now, look, where I'm at in West Virginia, they got slot machines everywhere. But these are old slot machines, old and new. The newer slot machines, a lot of fun. I like playing the Monopoly game. You know, the music plays and the people are dancing. And you, it's, a, it's just like buying scratchers, though. So it's not like you're actually playing anything. Just picking scratchers. But in Chicago, to see slot machines at a bar was shocking to me. And I was talking to my girlfriend and I was like, isn't this kind of weird? Like, this is, this is Chicagoland area. Like, you could, it was hard to gamble there. They have uh, the Riverboat Casino. I think it's like uh, Harrah's. And it's built on water because the law was that you could only have a casino if it was on the water because it was grandfathered in, but they outlawed it. And you got rivers. I mean, it's not like there's, there's no casinos or whatever. But it was just like gambling was not a really, really big thing. Now, to see it in a bar. And I thought, isn't widespread gambling a sign of social or societal collapse? I think it is. And I think it is because what it shows is that it's, it's kind of like the, the rat, that experiment where they took the, the dopamine thing and put it on the mouse's brain and the mouse could, or the rat or whatever, could press the button to trigger a dopamine release in its brain. And then eventually it just started mashing the button, didn't care about anything else. It was like, nothing matters. Just press the button. Dopamine. Yeah. That's kind of what it feels like when you, uh, when you see these, these, these slot machines everywhere. It used to be that the dopamine would be released because we were working towards a common goal and we, uh, we would feel satisfaction from, uh, after getting approval from other humans. So if we're living in a society, we, want a com- we, have, we have a common goal, we want to go to the moon, things like that. We feel good when we work towards that goal. When we're in high school, we want to fit in. We feel good when we do. Now we have video games. Video games trigger dopamine release. So what are people even feeling good about these days? It's certainly not working together as a society, working together as a community. It's just trigger that dopamine. Not to mention that communities are fractured. So let's, let, let's talk about this. Let me show you a few stories. New York governor legalizes human composting after death. The sixth state to do it. That does not bode well for us, I guess. We have this story. Trans woman, 24 stabbed her parents to death. I should say it is a male stabbed uh, his parents to death in 2016 after they refused to accept transition is moved to medium risk mixed gender main prison where uh, she she's being housed with them. And this is a, we, 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 we got to stop. Look, I don't care about your pronouns. What I care about is is accurately conveying information. And when they phrase it this way, people don't understand. So let's put it this, this way. Biological male who is who is trans stabbed the, the biological male stabbed his parents to death. They refused to accept transition. And this male is now being housed with females. That's very important. We have this story. Texas Supreme Court rules against father seeking to prevent chemical castration of his son. The Supreme Court of Texas denied my mandamus, effectively terminating my parental rights. My children are now subject to being chemically castrated in California. Texas is an empire of child abuse led by Texas judges. Yeah. Where do I see all this stuff going? Well, you know, let me show you a little bit here. Technofog says the law is much darker than they let on. California is now a sanctuary state for those charged with mutilating children. Section 9, 819, subsection B. California law enforcement agencies shall not knowingly make, 
or participate in the arrest or participate in any extradition of an individual pursuant to an out-of-state arrest warrant for violation of another state's laws against providing, receiving, or allowing a child to receive gender-affirming health care. My friends, can I just can I just say the words civil war? And I will stress it again. I don't know if that means a bunch of states lining up against a bunch of states. I don't know if that means the National Guard being brought in or the army or the Insurrection Act. I'm just saying when you have a state that outright says they are, are a sanctuary against federal laws for drugs, for immigration, and for child genital mutilation and, met and chemical castration, how is that state a part of the union at all? There's a federal government. Federal government has laws. First civil war kicks off because, uh, you know, several states tried to secede. Then you get the federal government. You can't see that's illegal. You can't do it. Ulysses S. Grant wrote that the union paid for uh, paid for the admittance of these uh, states with their blood and treasure. I love how they used to phrase that treasure, like my treasure. And it was illegal. And the question was, you can't just leave the union because you don't like the laws of the federal government. I mean, that was a big component of it. You effectively had southern states saying outright, and it's a complicated process, like I'm not going to pretend again to be like an expert on the first civil war, the first, notice how, you know, differentiate there. It wasn't so much that, they, that the southern states feared the banning of slavery. They wanted it to expand and, and, and the, the union basically was, was moving towards not allowing it. As new states were being admitted, they were like, look, we're not going to have uh, new slave states. And so the Emancipation Proclamation explicitly uh, banned, uh, ended slavery only in rebellion states, meaning I think there were what, like four union states that were slave states that were told they could keep their slaves. Just those southern rebellion states were going to lose them. A long story short, a, a big component of the Civil War is if the laws of the federal government are not being upheld and they're only being enforced against us, how is this a how is this a union at all? That's, that's a big component. <clears throat> so I'll give you an example. Merrick Garland's AG arresting pro-lifers, not arresting uh, people protesting at judges' homes. Ray Epps transcripts. Now, I'm not going to get too much into this, but people sharing these transcripts where he says that he orchestrated January 6th. Federal government lets him go. And this is the point. This is what foments civil war. Whether we get there or not, I don't know. I think we're in a fifth generational war already. But whether it goes hot conflict, I don't know. The fact that California is outright saying now, if a parent kidnaps their child, Think about what this means. There are many instances where I think parents tend to be the primary kidnappers of kids. You got mom and dad fighting over custody. One of the parents takes the kids fleece because they don't want to lose custody. Kidnapping. And uh, it's, the, it's the parent. So you're all like, how's that a kidnapping? It's like, well, because they're taking away from the, the, the kid from their home, from the other parent. So let's say someone runs to California for that reason. And then uh, the state says, well, you kidnapped that kid. You got to return him. You know, that's illegal. Well, hold on. What if the parent takes the kid, kidnaps the kid, gets to California, and then when confronted, they say, it's because my kid is trans. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, no. Oh, we, we can't get involved in that anymore. So they say a, an extradition of an individual pursuant to an out-of-state arrest warrant for violation of another state's law providing, receiving, or allowing a child to receive gender-affirming health care. Well, let's think about this. Is California going to say, no, no, the kidnapping is legitimate. Sorry, you can give the kid the transgender surgery, but then you're going to get arrested for kidnapping. I don't see how that works. I don't see how that flies. I don't see how California entertains that. I don't want to just talk about this. We've got we've got a lot going on, a lot changing. People can now carry guns without a license in half of America's states. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Rogan and Jamie over the German experience. Last time I was on the show, just over a year, it was a year, year and a few months ago, I mentioned that majority of the country was now uh, permitless open carry. And was uh, I think it was most of the country was now constitutional carry at the time. It was that 26 states had passed constitutional care. I think two states hadn't yet enacted it. And Joe, Joe told me, he's like, no way that can be that can be true. So he told Jamie to Google it. Jamie Googles it and it said 13. And I was like, oh, I, I guess I must have been wrong. I didn't. I, that's that's weird. No, I was right. The, the source they pulled up was wrong. And my source was right. So these have now gone into effect. And now uh, I believe 25 states are official. But it's like something like 30 some odd states where you can open carry without a permit. Open. So this is this is you know it says people cannot carry guns without a license in half America states. They're talking about uh, uh, I'm pretty sure concealed. Or no, no, maybe that's open carry. I'm, I'm, I could be wrong, but I think constitutional carry. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, I just want to be I want to be careful here. I think constitutional carry is like half the country. That's that's concealed carry. Permitless open carry, I think, is the majority of the country, meaning you can buy a rifle. Handguns are different, but in most of the country, you can buy a rifle, sling it over your shoulder, and walk around with it. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. I'm just saying we got a lot of changes coming. A lot of crazy things are happening. This year is going to be interesting because it's primary season. Donald Trump, maybe he runs third party if he doesn't win the, win the, win the, uh, the nomination from the GOP. I don't know. It's feeling like it's going to be DeSantis, but... Far be it for me to make those predictions. I just got no idea. What I can say is, it's kind of crazy to me that I'm standing at Times Square and I hear this bang. It was crazy. Uh, may- maybe the bang was something different. I don't know. We were, on, we were far away, but you know, no, sound travels, man. Heard a weird crack. And it was probably the gunshot ricocheting off the buildings traveling, you know. Maybe. Maybe it was something different. Maybe someone dropped something on the scaffold. I have no idea. But it happened right around the time that gunshot went off. And so we were concerned about it. Like, you know, we actually asked after that happened, like, should we leave? And I was like, I don't know, man. Kind of feel like there's no safer place to be. Uh, obviously, like we were, we were in the hard rock. We were in the basement eating, you know, just chilling. And I'm like, maybe something happens outside, but I really doubt it. They're screening everybody. This, per- this, this attack happened outside of Times Square. But it's crazy that right before the year starts, we get something like that happen. And I'm standing there. It's a crazy experience. And to see these stories. I mean, there's a bunch of other news. There's Andrew Tate getting arrested. Okay, we'll talk about that. Welcome to 2023, my friends. It's already off with a bang, quite literally. So we'll see how things roll out. But I got a feeling that, you know, everything I see indicates societal breakdown. And that's why a big thing for me is societal building. I don't want to say restoration. We, uh, I posted photos actually, you know, over on Instagram. 
up top. Can, uh, here we go. Posted a photo here. This is, uh, it's actually, there's way more done so far. This is the new studio, the new, uh, the new facility we're building. We're going to be launching a skate show, skateboarding. Uh, but we're going to do a lot of everything in it. We're going to have bikes and scooters and blades and, and, and you know, everything else. But uh, probably heavily skateboarding. We got a new cafe we're setting up in uh, West Virginia. Big building. It's going to be really awesome. Because for me, I'm like, watching these slot machines pop up all over the place. If we chase that addiction, that path of least resistance, society crumbles. We become the rats mashing the dopamine machines. We become angry, dejected. People lose their minds. So what do we need? We need a place for people to hang out. We need people to feel pride and satisfaction from each other. So that's what I'm trying to build. I'm sorry. That's what I am building. Become a member at TimCast.com. Kick off the new year. Support our work. I got more photos. We'll be posting soon. We went and checked this out the other day. I'm really excited for this. Video games, movies, skating, new, new show. Uh, new skate show, new studio for Timcast IRL, and physical locations. I want to open a handful of coffee shops where you walk in and you'll see Timcast IRL playing on the TVs. You'll see Viva Fry. You'll see Crowder. You'll see that kind of content. So regular people will walk down the street and say, I'll get a coffee and they'll walk in and that's what's playing on the TVs. That to me sounds like a good idea. People will do special events. I call them Saturday morning cartoons where people can come in and hang out with each other. We want to create goal-oriented community events where people can feel that dopamine release from interacting with each other, building community. Because right now it feels like it's all breaking apart. Welcome to 2023, my friends. Let's get this year off to a good start. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. As most of you know, Andrew Tate was arrested last week in Romania on allegations of human trafficking. The official reports say that he was meeting women, making promises of love and romance, but then bringing them to places where he would film them, they would perform acts on camera or something to that effect. I don't know if these allegations are true. I don't know a whole lot about Andrew Tate. I know that they tried banning him from basically every single platform, and then he came back to Twitter after Elon Musk took over. I know they're making a lot of claims against him. I've seen some video clips, admittedly out of context, where he's talking about how he has women doing webcam shows and he gets paid to do it. He gets a cut or something to that effect. I don't know if that's actually what it is he is doing because these clips are all out of context. And I will tell you, right now the left is saying that Andrew Tate is an alleged human trafficker or something like that. Maybe the case. But I will tell you this. From my position, seeing all of this news, seeing all of these stories, my attitude is doubt. I'm not going to be wrong. I've heard him say on camera that he had women who loved him. And because they loved him, they did these performances and they made a lot of money for him. Maybe. I don't know the circumstances around what the conversation is. Those clips are out of context, but it very well may be that he's doing this. I'm not saying he didn't. Again, I don't know. What I can say is when you look at a lot of prominent individuals, notably when you look at Julian Assange, they try using this stuff to take someone down. So here's what I see. Andrew Tate has very viral videos talking about masculinity and talking about not being a loser. 
I'm very impressed by some of the videos that he's had. Don't know anything about the rest of his character. I've only seen a handful of his videos. In one, he says, whether or not I'm happy is irrelevant. If I wake up happy, if I wake up unhappy, I have to do the same thing. And I'm like, man, he nailed it. He really, really did. That's a good point. I would say that uh, I typically wake up happy 90 some odd percent of the time. And then I get to work. I start reading the news. But there are some days where I'm tired. I'm exhausted. There's some administrative problem. And I'll be unhappy, but I will do the same thing no matter what. And I, I respect that message. Here's another viral video where he talks about how men are worthless at a young age. Society rejects them, tells, you know, no women want them. And then when they get older, all of a sudden they have societal value. Women start with societal value. He says, God and L'Oreal give it to you. And then when, when women get older, they start to lose it, but then demand men not exploit their value. He says no to that. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't agree on the idea of him saying he won't be monogamous because of it, but the idea, uh, in that sense, he is correct. Like his, his, his opinion on the outcome of how you should be, if I can't speak to that. And then he's got another viral video. It's like basically an ad for his network where he says, you got to work hard. Rocket ship going to the moon and stop halfway, chill out and then get back to it. No, it never stops. It burns as hard as it can, as bright as it can. I see those and I'm like, those are powerful messages. I don't know exactly why they tried banning him from every single platform. Maybe it's because they said he was a misogynist. But what we do know for sure right now is that a trans activist is spreading lies and the left just believes it all. I wonder if the issue is that they believe it. I wonder if the issue is more so that they know it's a lie, but they're all just so twisted and evil that they lie. I'm reminded of that video of, uh, I think it was Jack Posobiec. He gets punched on the streets of, I think it was D.C., and the police actually watch it happen. The cops walk, walk over afterwards and then uh, say, you know, what happened? And a fat Antifa person goes, I didn't see anything. Smirking. I didn't see anything. Nothing happened. What are you talking about? It's like, OK, that person knows it actually happened. They're just lying because they're evil. And that's what I have to wonder about this. Jesse Single tweets, because she is very on Twitter and has Harvard in her bio, Cara Bayo is seen by journalists with no subject matter expertise as a serious voice on anti-disinformation and counter-extremism stuff. She spreads disinformation all the time, like seemingly every new viral lefty rumor. Well, I, I, there's an important, important distinction here as, as it pertains to pronouns. Alejandra Carabayo, my understanding, is a male, is a biological male. Here we have this, uh, this tweet from Alejandra Carabayo. It says, Roman authorities needed proof that Andrew Tate was in the country, so they reportedly used his social media posts. His ridiculous video yesterday featured a pizza from a Romanian pizza chain, Jerry's Pizza, confirming he was in the country. This is absolutely epic. This is outright made up. And when I first saw this, I was in Savannah, Georgia, by the way, when the news comes out and I'm like, what's going on? And I was like, what? Law enforcement doesn't work this way. They didn't need proof he was in the country to go after him. His, his name would be on a flight manifest. His name, they, they could put a flag on his name. He's entering into Romania from, from Dubai or the Emirates or wherever, wherever he is. When he enters in and they scan his passport, they would know where he was. This is an insane lie. A lie they are still running with today. Why? 
Alondra says, not only did Greta Thunberg destroy Andrew Tate with her tweet, she made him so angry he inadvertently tipped off Romanian authorities of his presence in Romania with his lame comeback video. Greta is an absolute legend. And that's the point. They're evil. They are evil people. They are lying to manipulate you so they can gain power. They want you to think Greta Thunberg did something. She didn't. It was probably people running her account. She, they want you to believe, uh, like Greta probably didn't even post the, the, the initial tweet. Andrew Tate did a response video for E-Drama. The pizza thing had nothing to do with it. Even Snopes, false. They say a popular, a popular tweet pushed the rumor. Ramona Bola, a spokesperson for Romania's anti-organized crime agency, DICOT, said the rumor was funny, but not true. Yeah, it was just made up. Carabayo just literally made it up. Single continues. Carabayo helped spread the rumor that club, the Club Q shooting had a connection to anti-LGBTQ rhetoric, a still unproven claim, of course. Same deal with the power station attacks, which remain unsolved. And there's a lot of them, by the way. Someone's going around attacking power substations. Authorities are still seeking a motive. Carabayo gets viral attention by suggesting some of the attacks had to do with Drag Queen Story Hour. Uh-huh. I kid you not. Absolutely just made up everything. Well, there you go. Now, I don't know exactly what's going to happen with Andrew Tate, but I think it's important to point out that that story was false. And if that story is false, what else is false? Now, there's a viral Twitter uh, video that's going around, not from leftists, still out of context, that has Andrew Tate saying a lot of things that sound like crimes. I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a prosecutor. I don't know. But like I mentioned, he's talking about how he's got women who love him. So he has them do webcam shows and they make a ton of money doing it. He has women who don't love him, who work for him doing this. And I'm like, yo, that's digital pimping. It's interesting, right? Only fans where like, you know, look, you can use only fans for whatever you want. You could use only fans to post, I don't know, art. OnlyFans is like mostly just used by women who are doing porn subscription services, digital prostitution. Now, I, I, I get it. it's different. You know, porn is different from prostitution, but this is the modern era. Women are taking images of themselves and they're selling them to men who want them. There you go. Guys want them. They want to look at it. This guy, Andrew Tate, assuming all this is true, is basically running, you know, his version of it. Now, look, you can call it porn with all due respect. It's just it's just online porn. And he's a guy who owns a porn company. Then it is what it is. It's a modern porn company. But I have to wonder about the laws in Romania. If he's telling these women they'll be in a relationship with him, that's the accusation. Then he brings them out to some other country and then says, OK, now you're going to do these things. Hey, man, that's very much like trafficking. But there's a fine line. It's very difficult. If we're going to be in the sex positive future, where women have their own agency and can make their own choices, then uh, what do you call this? A guy has a network and he says, I'll help you get set up on OnlyFans, but I get a cut. If, if, if they're exploiting women and tricking them, do you call it human trafficking? If you do, in some of these circumstances, you're taking away the agency from individual women who want to be sex workers. So that's the challenge. If a pimp is involved, like, serious question. If the pimp is involved, if a pimp is involved in prostitution, is that trafficking? I'm asking legitimately because I'm wondering where the left stands on this. 
Does the left believe that women can make their own choices to do sex work? Or is someone working with them or helping them do it in any way trafficking? And I mean that literally. I'm not trying to be cute. I'm not trying to say that Andrew Tate is helping any, any women. No, no, no. I'm saying like, if there's a woman who wants to do OnlyFans and any guy says, let me set that up for you, but I want to cut, is that trafficking? That's not, I'm not saying that's what Andrew Tate's accused of doing or what he did do. I don't know. The accusation is that he manipulated women into doing this. This is where it gets into uh, really interesting territory because I was talk. I, I posted this tweet. It triggered all the left. I said, if sex work is work, then can a boss mandate his employ his female employees service him, you know, sexually? And the left lost their mind. They're like, no, consent. And I'm like, wait, 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 hold on. That is consent. Like, my point is this. The left argues that sex work is work. Okay, it's clearly not because it has laws around it. I, I should say sex work is sex work. It's a distinction because there are laws around it for obvious reasons. If the left then says no, a boss can't, they do not feel that it is, that it is work. Some try making arguments that sex work would be outside the purview of the job, and I, I disagree. Here's my point. If uh, you're a lawyer and you have a garbage at your desk, some offices might be like, let's say you're an associate or something. They're like, hey, you got to empty that garbage. Like not every place does this. Some might have a janitor come by and do it for you. But you might have to actually just lift it up, tie the knot, and then carry it and drop it in the bag. That might, that might be on you. But wait a minute. I'm not a janitor. Boss can't make me do that. Hey, look, general tidiness is a component of the job, and the job description says you will maintain a clean working environment. So then my question was, can a job say something like, you will be a, uh, let's say you're a nurse. You're a nurse, you'll provide these duties, and you'll provide sexual relief to your boss because sex work is work. And they could do the same with men, too. I'm not saying just women. This is the point. Sex work is not just work. And that's why this story ends up becoming something more than just a guy hiring women to run a business. That's why he is being accused of human trafficking, because sex work is not just work. Because if people are being manipulated into doing it and they don't want to, it's not the same as being manipulated into carrying a bunch of bricks back and forth. Like imagine someone said to a woman to do a guy, you know, I really want to date you. Let's go on a date. And then had him move her furniture for her. Hey, like, come over. I'm, I got to move some stuff. But we can hang out at my place afterwards. Has the guy lift heavy boxes? No, she's not going to jail for that. that. Is it exploiting him? Is it manipulating him? Sure. But there's a big difference between moving furniture and sex work. Ergo, sex work is not work. Sex work is specifically sex work. One thing. Apparently, Andrew Tate has a $700,000 Romanian warehouse he turned into a hideout. I don't know if hideout is the right word. It's like so insane. It's like guy buys a building. Look, he's being held for 30 days, apparently. Uh, I'm not a fan of, of the things he's being accused of doing. I'm not a fan of the things that he said he's done. I don't watch his content. I don't know much about him, to be completely honest. I want to wait and see how this plays out to see if this is legitimate, false, or I don't know. Now, we know the left likes to play the game of guilty until proven innocent. I don't. Some people I won't give the benefit of the doubt to. Some people I will. Some people I'll just play down the middle. Like there might be some people and they say they, they committed a crime. I'm like, I don't believe it. Like, let, let, let's see what happens. There are some people that, that they'll say, you know, didn't do it. And I'll be like, ah, I think they did. But, you know, innocent until proven guilty. 
And then you have the story of Andrew Tate. And I'm like, I don't know if he did or didn't. The accusations have been made. I'd like to see some evidence. What I will say is the reason I have some doubt is because they try banning this guy. They try shutting him down. Next thing we know, this happens. Look, he's not the same as Julian Assange. I'm not trying to compare the work that Andrew Tate does to the work that Julian Assange does. Julian Assange is one of the greatest journalists of our generation, if not the. And, and that's literally what he is. And they've destroyed his life. Ten years locked up, just pure torture. They make up lies about him. They claim that he, you know, he, let's just, let, just, you know, some very serious crimes. Not true. They dropped the investigation. No longer relevant. Now it's espionage. So I have to wonder, the one thing I notice with stories like Andrew Tate and Jordan Peterson is that people who propose, I don't know what you'd you'd call it, but, you know, very serious masculinity, they get targeted heavily. Uh, Jordan Peterson tells young men, you know, you've got to pick up the heaviest thing you can find, carry it. You know, men are order, women are chaos or whatever it is, he says, enforced monogamy. And the left goes after him hard. But Jordan Peterson's not an aggressive guy. So there's not really much to go after after this. Andrew Tate is as aggressive as they come, making videos where he's yelling, where he's very critical, where he's, he's very, I don't, I, don't, I don't know, patriarchal, I guess might be the word. It's probably not the right word, but, you know, something like that. And uh, they, they come after him hard. They try to ban him on, on, ban him on every single platform. And then, uh, you know, Twitter brings him back. But when I see that, and I see this story, and I see Alejandro Carabao lying. I'm like, okay, hold on there a minute. Out of context clips. These you've you've got uh, uh, lies in the media being espoused by all these news outlets, falsely falsely accusing, uh, or I should say, falsely claiming Andrew Tate got caught because of a pizza or something. It's not true. Now they're walking it back. Oh, it's not true. I don't know how much I I, I believe it. Now look at this. The New York Post calls it a hideout. Yo, a hideout. Tate's cars is listed on Google Maps. Andrew Tate's gym on Google Maps. Top G podcast on Google Maps. Hustlers University on Google Maps. Bro, and they call it a hideout. You see what the media does? Even the New York Post. He's got a chessboard, whatever. So look, I don't know a lot about this guy. All right. I know they lied a lot about him. We will see. I suppose we'll see how this how this comes out. They say prosecutors have alleged both brothers are suspects in a reportedly organized crime ring that sexually exploited at least six women who were allegedly recruited, housed and forced into performing pornographic videos for sale online. Well, sex work clearly isn't work. The backyard with a water feature. Now, I will say this. If you fly to a country, talk to some talk some dude into flying into your country and then make them do hard labor. Yeah, you're trafficking them. So sex work or not, that's that's true. The question is, were these women brought here and not told they would do this and then made to do it? Because that is sex trafficking, period. I've heard these stories, man. So I want to see the evidence. I absolutely do. I, I and, and, you know, let's see what happens. But uh, you hear stories like this all the time. Young woman is promised, like, come hang out, be a model. They get there and it's porn. And then they're like, what do I do? And they're like, you can leave. And they're like, but if I leave... I'm in the middle of a city with no money, nowhere to sleep, no way home. And they're like, okay, well, your choice. But it's not really. You bring someone. It's like, uh, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. 
Dennis talks about how he likes to bring women on boats and go out into the ocean because they can't say no because of the implication. And they're like, the implication is like, yeah. And they're like, what implication? Yeah. The joke, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. The implication was that what? That he'd throw them off the boat. So they had no choice. You can call it a choice. But if you put people in these situations, it's not a choice. They say officers recovered various weapons during the raid, including several guns, a knuckle duster, a hatchet and swords of varying lengths, in addition to stacks of money. Andrew's rise to fame started in 2016 when he appeared in the UK reality show, uh, T- UK reality TV show, Big Brother. Seven days in, he was booted from the show after a video service of him whipping and beating a girlfriend for looking at other men. A second video emerged of him telling women to count the bruises he inflicted on her. He has said that if a man in a relationship has sex with someone else, it's not cheating, it's exercise. Then claimed that if the female partner even talks to a dude, it's cheating. Andrew's views led to numerous online bans starting in 2017, when at the height of accusations against Harvey Weinstein, he was suspended by Twitter for saying that women should bear responsibility for being assaulted or raped. Regarding his wealth, he said that he made his first million when he was 27. Then I had $100 million by the time I was 31, he told Aiden Ross in a streaming interview earlier this year. I became a trillionaire quite recently, the world's first trillionaire, he claimed, even suggesting he had compiled more than three times the bank of Elon Musk at the latter's richest. I don't believe it. Sorry. So we'll see. But I don't believe it. I heard him say he was a billionaire. A trillionaire now? I don't know if I believe that he's a trillionaire. I don't know how that's possible. And if he was a trillionaire, he certainly would not be getting arrested in this way. His estimated net worth is around $350 million. But those estimated net worths, uh, they're always wrong. You know, they don't, they, don't, they don't take into account a lot. I was, talking to, um, I was talking to someone recently, and they were mentioning the kind of person who flies on private jets has a net worth on average of around $25 million. That's interesting, isn't it? $25 million, he says, the average net worth of somebody flying on one of these planes. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money to have. But a $25 million net worth doesn't mean cash, and it doesn't mean income. Someone with $25 million, let's put it this way. Let's say you bought a bunch of Tesla stock, uh, and then it became worth a lot of money, and now you're worth $25 million. You could sell the stock, then have the cash. Let's say you receive shares in a company like Facebook. They say, if you paint our walls, we'll give you X amount of shares. You say, okay. At a certain point, you're like, this company is making millions of dollars. My net worth is probably $100 million, but you can't do anything with the stock. You got to wait till you find a way to sell it, go public. So you have a high net worth. So you're not really flying. The real question is income. So here's what I think Tate's doing. He's looking at the value of all of his businesses in terms of income and then extrapolating what that's worth. The way I I, I, probably the best way to describe it is you look at a, a gold mine and you can say there's an estimated, you know, billion dollars of gold in that mine and you own it. What's the value of that mine? Well, the gold, and it's a billion dollars, but excavating and extracting and mining all that, uh, all that gold is going to take a lot of energy. By the time you get it out, you're going to have to put in, you know, $10, $20 million. You might get out, you know, say a billion or whatever. So the total value is minus liabilities. You might be looking at a mine with $900 million. But what if the product being produced is abstract? Like Timcast, for instance. We do really well. We make a good amount of money. But there's no gold to count. So the actual value of the business on paper is relatively low. But we do generate a lot of income. 
That's the interesting question about whether or not Andrew Tate really is a trillionaire. If he is, I'm assuming it would be because dude probably makes 100, you know, or, or I don't know, maybe like 50 million bucks a month or some ridiculous number. And then you might be like, so what? He's making half a, half a, half a, half a billion per year. I don't know if that's true, but it's, it's not completely impossible. I think, look at this, the, uh, the Daily Wire has 1 million paying subscribers, I think, with an average of like 10 bucks a month. They make like, what, they're making like $10 million a month in subscription revenue. They're, and then they've got ad revenue. I bet they're going to pull in $200 million this year. All right. They got to pay salaries. They got to buy stuff. What's the value of the company? It's an interesting question. Typically, the valuation will be calculated by what you own, minus liabilities, right? But that doesn't account for the money that's going to be coming in. So if you're talking about the true value of something, I'll put it this way. If I was going to buy a gold mine off you and I said, you know, I'll give you a million bucks for it, you'd be like, why? I can just have someone come and extract the, the, the money. The money comes out for free. Well, let's say it's a fountain that spits out a gold nugget. You'd be like, why sell it? I get a gold nugget every month. You'd have to pay me more than I generate in revenue. Long story short, you could probably argue as a trillionaire and I'll tell you why. Vice got investment a long time ago. And it was like $70 million and it gave them a billion dollar valuation or something. Then they got more investment. Their valuation went to like $2.2 billion. What does that even mean? Somebody invested in a company. You can't do anything with that money. So they just say it's worth $2 billion because of an equity sold. Okay, I'll tell you how you do it. You want to be a trillionaire? Here's what we'll do. Uh, hypothetically speaking, start a company. Sell 1% of that company for uh, $10 billion. 1% of the company, $10 billion. There you go. Then, well, you're still not a trillionaire just yet, but uh, you're just shy of a trillionaire. So how about this? Say 1% of the company, 1.5, uh, no, oh yeah, 10, 10, uh, 15 billion. We'll do 15 billion. There you go. Then with 99% of the company, you're a trillionaire. Someone would have to give you the billion dollars for the 1%, technically. Or what you can do is you can sell stock at a trillion, $1.5 trillion valuation and then sell 0.0000001%. It's not real. A lot of this stuff's fake. It's always fake. But it makes for a good selling point. So if you were trying to start, you know, a university of hustlers to convince people they, can, they, can, they too can break from the matrix and make money, that's one way to do it. I will, I will say lastly, though, Again, I don't know enough about this guy. I'm not going to pretend he's, the, he's a nice guy. I'm not going to pretend he's a good guy. I don't know. I've talked to him uh, a couple DMs. You know, obviously, we, we wanted to have him on, on the show to talk about what he's doing in his life and suspension and stuff like that. But he's a busy guy. So that was the, the extent of it. He may be a really bad dude. They may be lying about him. It may be, as he describes it, a matrix attack to freeze his money. I guess we'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.